0: Okay, we are live on another episode of the Edlo Podcast, and I have some very special guests. Before I say that, I've been told by other podcasters that I'm supposed to say subscribe all the time, and so subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We appreciate that. But uh, this is exciting. I have known uh, these two guys. I've known uh, them probably. Shoot, it's probably been what 15 years. When were you? In DM- when were you in DMW? How long ago was that?
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, 15 years yeah. at least cuz we've been wrestling like almost 22 now. So yeah, yeah
0: 15. So, so I'll I'll tell, I'll tell the story how I first met you guys. I don't even know if I ever told you this story. I told it on when I had Derevko on. So <clears throat> um I started, I was going to start SWF, I just bought my ring and I was looking I, I was kind of disconnected from talent and I knew Alexis Derevko so I texted him and I said, hey, man, where should I go to just kind of see who I would want to put on my shows? And he said, come to Martinez. And I show up at a DMW show, Devil Mountain Wrestling. And I walk in with a friend of mine who'd never been to an indie show. He was a WWE fan. And we kind of walked in, and I think you could appreciate this. We were not super impressed with the what it looked like, right? Of course, like, yeah. It's
1: not a Boys and Girls Club.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just The ring was all set up with duct tape and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, well, anyway. And then there were a couple of a couple of matches that happened. And then right before intermission, there was a four way tag match. It was the Eight Ball Posse, who I was very familiar with, and then it was Derevko and Sheik, who I knew Derevko, I didn't know Sheik yet. And then uh, and then it was the Trailer Park Superstars, and then the Suburban Commandos. And 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 I got And I got I'm not trying to like, you know, talk you up or anything like that, or. Or anything like that, but it was there was a marked difference between you guys and your charisma, the suburban commandos, and everybody else that I had seen so far. And it was the first, was the first time in the show where I was like, "Those are guys. Those guys could put butts in seats." And uh, and so I think I booked you on every show I did from then I on. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but that was, of course, before you had morphed into what you are now, the Stoner Brothers. So, that is us. yeah. So, I, I'm I'm proud to have you guys on. You, you were on the list when I started this podcast of people I wanted to have on. So I'm glad we were able to connect and and get you guys uh, get you guys on. So, tell me, where does it start? Where does the love of wrestling start for Dustin and Derek Mel?
1: I mean. I'm, I just want to start off by saying, uh, I'm sorry your first impression of us was that barn burner of four-way tag match. Oh, my gosh.
0: No, you know what? That match, I got to tell you, because it ended up, I mean, the eight-ball the posse and the trailer bark superstars, they went out quick. Uh, you know, I love, I love Hustler and Big Money. Big Money was my first ever wrestling match, and Hustler was my second. That was back in 2000 but they were just a little past their prime at that point and uh and then and then Otis and uh, and Maynard they were fun you know but but it was when they got out and then it was the four of you left and particularly when you guys and Chic would get in there you know i mean that's when the magic really ha- i mean you guys put on a, a killer show and so it was it was a lot of fun you know
1: yeah Sheik she is like none none other you know there's uh There's a cruiserweights and there's heavyweights and then there's there's dark chic. Yeah. Who uh, who, I don't know. Just got his got their own style.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Where does it start for you? I mean, where did you have you always been wrestling fans? Do you remember the first time you watched it or what?
1: Our dad used to watch WCW back in the day, so me and Derek grew up on like. Surfer Sting and Rick Rude and Vader and the Steiners and Ron Simmons and Lex Luger. Horseman, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think our very first live wrestling match we went to, we seen Rick Rude and Sting in a cage match. Wow. Uh, Where was that? I think that was at the Cowboys. Yeah.
0: Wow. I don't ever remember WCW coming here until after Hogan signed.
1: So yeah, it, was, it was early. I'm was pretty so sure it was kind of like 94, stuff. maybe? No, probably earlier than that, dude. Really? Yeah, Stingray Cruise was like 91,
0: 92. Okay. Yeah, man, that that's crazy. That That's a really early. I wish I would have known about that show because I would always – when I was a kid, uh, I used to watch that stuff all the time, but they just never made their way to the West Coast. They were always in North Carolina and Florida yeah. and places. So that would have been a really cool one to see.
2: Right, man.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I don't remember
2: anything else on the card. I remember Johnny B. Bad blasting off his fucking gimmick, gimmick stick. Yeah, Brian Brian was on the card. Yeah, there was Alex Wright, I think maybe Mm -hmm. early Alex Wright. But yeah, that's I mean,
1: and we're like brothers, twin brothers. So we wrestled each other all the time and got in trouble for it. Oh yeah, I don't know. Can't can't ground us now, Dad, because we're getting paid for it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: so when you um, Was there a, a Who would you say your influences are As far as tag team wrestling goes
2: I mean obviously the Steiner Brothers but then like Like Ming Barbarian are really Awesome and then like uh, Harlem Heat is awesome Harlem Heat really good uh, Some of the horsemen I like Arn and Tully a lot Scotty liked the state patrol <laughs> It's the state patrol. Yeah, they were good. Uh, But the American males, you know. Just the fact that, like, just tag team wrestling in general, like, you can (coughs) use your partner and do stuff together. And, like, that's, that's, I don't know, from just seeing that in general is just, like, for us was, like, automatic and we got to do this. Mm -hmm.
0: So did you always, when you were a kid, when you guys were kids, did you always want to be pro wrestlers? Was that just always the plan?
1: You know what? Before I wanted to be a pro wrestler, I wanted to be an American gladiator. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then before that, I don't know. I think a veterinarian. Yeah. And then look at me now. Whatever. I tried out for guts one time. Scotty did
2: try out for <laughs> guts one time. It didn't go so well. No, it didn't. I got <laughs> stuck in that, uh, the that, cargo, elastic cargo net. The elastic band jungle yeah. took him like eight minutes to get out of there. He only had a two-minute timer. Yep.
0: <laughs> nice. So, um, so tell me, like, where did you guys grow
2: up? We were born in in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. But and then we lived we... in Beaverton, and then we moved to
1: San Ramon when we were like five. Yes. And then pretty much Bay Area, you know. Uh, San Ramon for a while. Castro Valley, Antioch, Pittsburgh, Brentwood, Pittsburgh area. And now, and now
0: we're in Oakland. Yeah. Did, tell me about your family makeup. Do you have any other siblings?
2: Yeah, we got a, a little brother. He's <laughs> oh yeah, he's uh, in college right now. Yeah, out was, in uh, was, Oregon. He's twenty. Oh wow. And then uh, we have a couple step step brother, stepsister. And then, uh, I think that's it, right? That's it. Yeah. What do you mean you think you don't know? I
3: don't
0: know. <laughs> so, do you have, um, uh, tell me about like your family makeup? Are, are these stepbrothers from your dad's side, your mom's side?
1: Uh, our dad remarried and has stepkids, and then, uh, his first marriage is where our little brother comes from, mm. and then, uh, oh, second. Second
2: second is what I meant. Yep. Yeah. We were the first. Yeah, we were first. We man. were the first <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <So>, uh, <laughs> mainly my dad's side has all the siblings. Yeah.
0: Okay. And are do you, um, I mean, as far as relationships go, do you have a good relationship with your dad still, your mom? You know, are you guys kind of in contact? Did they support the wrestling? What,
1: what do you think? Yeah, we, we talked to them both. Um, our dad supports the wrestling a little more than our mom, but I mean, I don't know. We're, we're grown adults now, so we kind of just support whatever we do as long as we get along in life.
0: Right. Yeah. How old were you guys when you, you trained at Brawl, right? Yeah. And that was with Joe, right? Joe, uh, Coach Joey Nuggs now, but formerly Joe Applebomber. Yep.
1: Yeah. When I was 18, right when I turned 18, I signed up for APW. And then, uh, and then I ended up moving to L.A. with my uncle. It was very sporadic, just by myself, not with Derek. That was, like, our first time apart from each other. And, uh, and then I had to tell Roland, like, I couldn't train. And then, you know, I still got charged the $6,000. And then... Uh,
0: Classic Roland move there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I came back, and we met... Um, Nugs and we started training. He started training us. Uh, it's it's. I met him like two years before that. I wasn't 18 yet, and he would have had like some kids ring in his backyard. He's like, "Oh, I'll train you now." And then uh, I think our, my dad made me wait till I was 18 or something. Hmm. Pretty sure, but which was good because then Derek wouldn't wouldn't have been in the picture yet. So it or worked a- out.
0: And why is that? Like, Derek, did you come around, uh, come along later? Were you not kind of wanted to do that? Or what was the deal there?
2: No, I was just... Um, yeah, I don't know. We were on different paths at the time. Like, he graduated and then moved to L.A. And, like, I was... I don't know. I can't remember. Living with a buddy or something in uh, Brentwood or Antioch or something like that. And, like... Um, and, yeah, well, I don't know.
1: And we both ended up just, like... I moved back um, to the area and then kind of like fell in to this house.
2: Oh, the house. Yeah.
1: The house. Uh, that there was a bunch of us living in.
2: And then we all. This is where we first met Rick Luxury. Yeah. And then uh, and Riz... we lived in a house with him and um, <coughs> Riz was always there. <laughs> and then uh, who else? I know, I think. Kenny.
1: Not Kenny K, but no. a different guy named Kenny yeah. Um, a bunch of guys that don't wrestle anymore. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we all just lived in this house, and then we got this huge group of guys together to train to wrestle. It was like probably like 15 of us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were fucking bumping on a a futon mattress in the fucking <laughs> the living, living room. room. Yeah. We were like, and Rick was like training these fools, and then uh. And then we met Joe, and then bought a ring, and then started training for real.
0: You, you guys bought the ring, or Joe bought the ring?
2: Me and Rick bought the ring. Wow! Which is that- the same ring we have in uh, in our training right here. Yep, it's the wow. hood slam. Yeah,
0: man, there was kind of some. Wasn't there some heat over that ring when you guys kind of took it for hood slam? Or I seem to remember hearing something about that.
2: So we when we moved. Or when we, I am I
1: paid for like 50% of the ring and then Rick paid for a quarter and then uh, Nugs paid for a quarter. And then uh, there was drama or whatever. But then me and Derek moved to Florida and Rick had the ring for like four or five years and we didn't say anything. And then we're like, hey, I think we could uh, possibly get that and buy you out.
2: And we literally had to buy the whole ring again. Yeah,
1: he made us pretty much buy the whole ring again. And then when he gave it to us, they had, like, cut the brawl logo out of it so the canvas was fucked and mm-hmm. fucked the ropes up. And so we had to do a bunch of shit on it, but it was some petty shit.
0: Mm. Did it all eventually work out? Like, did you guys talk it out, or was it still just after that kind of over? I mean, you, guys, you guys, I remember when we when we were running shows – you guys were all still really close i mean it seemed like at least you two and rick were really close
1: yeah not so much anymore we're just acquaintances now i feel um just because i don't know that's how we felt uh we always i i feel like i don't know i'm just gonna shoot and say like i feel like when we were training we put up with rick because he was at a higher level in us, I guess.
2: Yeah, and he kind of got us into it. Yeah. To
1: be yeah, and then you know, after a while, he's he was like trying to take advantage of us and be a be an asshole for no reason. And then we just stopped putting up with his shit, and he didn't like it, so we you know, didn't went our separate ways. And, yeah. You know. That's
0: life. <laughs> That's how it works sometimes, you know. Yeah. So so going back to your training. What was it like training with Joe? I got to imagine it was pretty stiff.
2: Uh, yeah, man. It was like especially like, man, it's just the uh, <laughs> difference in training from like training kids today to like what we went through.
3: Mm-hmm. It
2: was crazy because like Nudge was, he was not in a right, not in the right mindset in those days. And like, I just wasn't, was an asshole. And like, he would, he would, like, fucking make us cry and go home. He'd be like, go home and suck on your mama's nipple, you fucking pussy. You know, shit like, like that. Like, mentally
1: and break – he would mentally break us
2: down. Yeah. And, like, I
1: don't know. You can't – for one, you can't really do that with people these days cause, mm-hmm. No, you can't at all. Yeah. And me and, me and me and Derek are too nice to, like, want to even try to do that to people, so.
0: Now, do you – looking back on that, I mean, do you – you, I don't know. Like, I had a bunch of, when I was playing basketball in high school, I had a I had a couple of coaches that were just really hard on <laughs> I'm kind of grateful for that, you know, to be able to put that up. Are you grateful for it, or do you kind of look back and go, man, that oh, was Oh, no.
2: Of- I'm definitely grateful. Definitely. Really. Like
1: I feel like that made us what we are today. Yeah, like,
2: you, you go through shit like that, and then you realize later in life, when you're in the position that they were in, that all the shit that, you know – was shitty to you. You don't have to do. You know, and like, you make it your own way. And like, I think that's why we have so many students, and not why we, I don't know, put out good talent. And I don't know, we don't rush nothing. We we take our time with everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, like now, Coach Nuggs is like the nicest guy in the fucking world because, you know, he's not, he's not a mad person anymore. Um, so it's uh. Uh, full circle. Like he, I can't, we can't even, we'll, we'll try to bring him over here to like bring some old school and, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, we need Nugs to be mean to our students sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he, he's he's over here and he's like a big teddy bear, like, oh, you did good even if it's shitty. But, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, I remember the first time I met Joe, and uh, that was at <clears throat> one of the first SPW shows in 2000. And the story I tell when I talk about it was, you know, I was a local backyarder, and so and backyard wrestling. I mean, you know, you probably did it yourselves at times in like 98, 99. It got on like real TV and all that. And so everybody was doing backyard wrestling and and everybody's wanted to watch it. And so we were drawing, you know, like 200 people in a backyard once a month. And and I had gotten all the TV stations and stuff like that, and so SPW. I wasn't fully trained. I'd only trained with Oliver John for like two months, mm-hmm. but I was six foot seven, and I had a following. So Rich Roby, who was running SPW before Big Ugly took over, he just called me and had me help him out to start it out. So so I'm I'm there, and the the. The news is there because it was like this story of backyarder becomes a pro. They were kind of doing that gimmick to put me on the news, and it was going to bring a, you know, it was going to bring some notoriety to the first SPW show. And yeah. Joe walks in and sees it, and oh, Joe puts this gimmick and walks up right in the middle of my interview, and just shoots a promo on me, like how I'm a backyarder, and he's going to smash my face when he comes. You know what I mean? Like all this, and I was like. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not even, I don't even know who this guy is, and I'm not even supposed to wrestle this guy. You know what I mean? And he's just like – and he just looks at the camera and he's like, get that effing camera out of my face and just like walks away. And I was like <laughs> – <laughs> And so – awesome. Yeah, but the thing that was so funny about him was that uh, after the match, uh, he was the only one who came up to me after the match and said, okay, here are some things you could do better. Here's some things, you know, and he was like, "You need to go get trained. You do have a." He he was very nice. He was very like, you know, he wasn't he wasn't cuddly, but I mean, he was very very nice and said, "You have an opportunity to, you know, do this, but you got to do it right." And he was like, "Go to the Monster Factory. Go to go to the Wild Samoans, and go yeah. get because this place – back in 2000, you know, the West was a was a death trap. There's nobody out. You know, no one was. Oh looking.
2: yeah, it was APW uh, or BTW, and that was it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. SPW was just starting and APW was like, those are backyarders and they were right. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it, uh, so yeah, but Joe was really, I always, even from the very beginning, even though he was pretty, um, uh, he was, he was pretty kind of, he was mean looking and mean. He he was always nice to me. I always had respect for him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just such a, he was, he was always good to me. And so, and then it sounds like he was good to you too, even though he was kind of mean to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. He just, it, like you said, like he was an asshole, but like at the end of the night, he's trying to spit knowledge too. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How long did you train before you had your first match?
1: I I, I was like six months, seven months, maybe. I think was my first match. And but but I wrestled Nugs, uh, in a one on one match. So. But and then I didn't have another one for another six months after that because I don't it, I don't think it went
2: well. <laughs> <laughs> and then mine was I I probably probably around the same maybe a little longer maybe like yeah. eight months.
3: Yeah.
2: But then uh, I wrestled Jay. Yeah. As a clown. Yeah. Scared the clown.
0: <laughs> when did you guys become a tag team?
2: Um. We,
1: we we were the bad apples. Um, Basically, so, when so we wrestled, were doing our
2: singles stuff, yeah. we were also the bad apples.
1: Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. When he was Karen and I was, uh, I was just DD bad apple, right? The D unit, yeah. Well, me and Rick. Were bad oh yeah, apples. that's right. Yeah. So do you, you, you were a tag either. team.
0: You were a tag team with Rick Luxury first. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, me, uh, yeah, me and Rick, and then Sean, and then and another then kid named Sean, and then Derek eventually came in and became a bad apple, and then me and Jay went off and did our own thing for a while, as a, as the Commandos for a long while, I guess I should say.
2: Yeah, I was in a, I was stuck in a, a loop. I was cared the clown, and then I was Trent Hemorrhage, and then, you know. Nothing worked out, <laughs> so I was nothing worked out unless I was with him. So like yeah. that's kind of my niche. I have, was dumb, we just didn't do it from the beginning, but yeah. But also, like I don't know, knowledge, different ways, working singles, to working tag teams. Like it's always good to know.
0: Yeah. Did you? Um, so it's it's interesting because I would think since you're twins that you know, that from the very beginning, they would just be like, oh, well, obviously you're a tag team. But it doesn't sound like that was really what you guys were thinking.
1: I started training with Joe like five months ahead of Derek. So wow. there was that. So when I was ready, he wasn't ready. So I had to do something. And then when he was ready, I was doing something. So we came up with something else for him. So we didn't actually like meet up until about, a year and a half, two years, into actually wrestling.
0: And then when you is came it, together, did it just make sense at that point? You're just like, well, obviously this is what we need to do, or was it a kind of a work of
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, it was me, Derek, and Riz as the commandos for the longest time. And then, you know, eventually I feel like, you know, Riz seeing that me and Derek were like, you know, we're twins and we meshed well, and me and Jay were really good. But, like, Jay is, like, wanted to do his own thing because he sees that, you know, we're brothers. There's a lot more tag team bookings out there than trios bookings. So he started doing the Ravishing Riz gimmick, and me and Derek were just the commandos for forever, forever. And yeah. so we became the Stoner Brothers. Yeah.
0: Now, I never, I never met Riz. Tell me about – because I know that, you know, he was a big part of your lives. Obviously a good friend. You named your finish after him. Uh, tell me where he comes in on, in your guys' story.
2: Um, the house, man, when we were at that house, um, he was Rick's buddy. And like the the first time we met him, we were, uh, sleeping in the morning and we had this thing called the house title. Right. So like whoever had the house title, anybody can try to beat them at any time, which is like a pen or submission or anything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he gets to the house i guess and then asks rick like who's the champion and he's all one of the twins upstairs that he's never met and our first meeting is uh he's trying to choke dustin out in his sleep <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> chucked him off me like a
1: pancake because he is he was so skinny back then <laughs> right
0: nice and so and then did you guys just become fast friends at that point and just did all that yeah.
1: Pretty much. I mean we trained together every every day and then we became a tag team so we traveled together everywhere and so yeah, that was my that was my uh brother from another mother besides Derek. So
0: Nice. And and t- tell me you know, before we go farther into your wrestling, I wanna ask, what's it like being I mean what's it like being twins? And and here's why I mean that. I mean I have a brother, but he's like five years younger than me. <laughs> We weren't really in the same, you know, we were never really in the same stage of life. And we didn't get along as we were growing up. As twins, did you just always get along? Or were there
1: times? (laughs) Not at
2: all. Mm -mm. We Mm -mm. hung out with different people in high school. and
1: like Even elementary school, like when I wanted to be an American gladiator and was doing shit with my friends in elementary school, this guy was hanging out with different people. And we would fight each other at elementary school and get in trouble for that shit. And then, like, in high school, like, I was – uh we just hung out in different crowds. He was, like, with the uh, – I was a, I was
2: a pothead in with, high school and, like, hung stoners. out with bad guys. And I was like, ooh, stoners. Get out of here, losers. <laughs> <laughs> Not until you're, like, what, junior, senior year, and then you started smoking? Yeah. And then we were cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I could be cool with my brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, so – uh, so that that's another part of your guys' story. Well, well before we go into that, but, uh, but being a twin, what would you say if someone asked what it was like? I mean, what, what would you tell them being a twin? I mean, what, what's that mean to you?
1: It means you always have someone there, I want to say. Just because, I don't know, there's rare times in my life I remember just being alone. I'm usually... You know, now that I'm a grown up, sure, like I love to be alone, but like when we were kids or you know, when we were going through stuff with our parents or when our parents got divorced, like there was never a moment we were like not with each other, so everything kind of just like uh, we always had each other's yes, yeah, and all the emotional stuff kind of just like rolled off our shoulders because we had each other, and it was like, okay, what, like you know, whatever, we got each other. Like, schools, school and being cool is more important than whatever the fuck's going on. Yeah. Or, you know, just, yeah, it was very nice to, to have somebody. Just because I, I have so many friends that are just, like, only only children. And I'm, I just, I that's one thing I can't imagine is just growing up and being alone and having my own room and,
2: I don't know, just yeah. as a kid.
0: Yeah, what about you, Derek? I mean, how how does that affect you? Is it all the same stuff or
2: I mean, yeah, pretty much. Just I don't know, like always having someone that has my back and like being able to like I don't know, grow up and do cool things together and uh, always you know, always having someone to throw a pitch to or, you know, catch a ball with or you know, ride bikes together or whatever. Just
1: Yeah, there's a lot of two player things in, in life um, there's not a lot of like one player thing. So I feel sorry for the people that, you know, have to play solitaire when we, you know, me and Derek are (laughs) over here playing catch with each other. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, now you told, you mentioned, you know, when your parents were getting divorced, how old were you when that happened?
2: (laughs) Uh, I would say like like five or six, maybe. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And, uh, I mean, was it was it pretty? I mean, was it a, a rough divorce, or that was it amicable? I mean, was there a lot of emotion around it? I
2: mean, there was, you know, shit talk back and forth, and like. And I feel like we're also young. We're like, I don't know, it
1: it didn't affect us too much. No, nah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, if anything, like our parents made it bigger than it needed to be. It could have just been like a thing, but they decided that you know. <coughs> talks to talk mess about each other to us we're mm-hmm. like little kids like well, that's a fucked up situation to put your kids in
0: yeah i know i hear you for sure that's tough i know a lot of people who've who've gotten divorced and one of the parents kind of weaponizes the kids against the other and it's just it's not fair you know it's not fair to anybody yeah. so now um so you guys grow up you know you're 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 pretty, it sounds like even though you guys fought a lot, you know, generally you guys were, you had each other's backs, always knew it. Um, where, where does marijuana use come into your story? I mean, you're the stoner brothers, right? I mean, your whole gimmick now is, is, is centered around marijuana. And I know as long as I've known you, you guys have been avid users, both recrea- for recreation and for medicinal uses. So where does that come into your life and how does it get introduced?
2: I mean, I started uh, in high school. Uh, the group I was with, like, we found weed and like started smoking. And back then, we were like light,
1: light potheads, like once a day, twice a day, maybe. Maybe, if I don't not, know. or maybe if, like every if, other day, or
2: yeah. you know, when you can get it and yeah. whatnot. But uh...
1: but uh, like it, it really started when we started training. Nugs, probably between nugs and Riz. I feel like that's why I'm the pothead I am today, because. Uh, first time I met Jay, like after he tried to choke me out, he just rolled up a blunt. We smoked it, and he just this fool just kept rolling blunts and blunts and blunts and blunts, and then you know taught me how to roll a blunt, and then I don't know Derek, Derek was already you was know, there, man. Those are bigger smoker than me, so <laughs> uh,
0: so um, in high school. Oh, by the way, when you're in high school, did you play sports? Were you on any any clubs? Like, what
2: did you guys do? When you were, in- I played. I played baseball. We both played baseball growing up a lot on teams and stuff. Uh, most of the time, we were on separate teams though.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, they never put us on the same team, which was weird.
0: Yeah, it seems um, like it'd be easier for your parents getting you there if you were both on the same team,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, it was cool though. We were both pitchers, so like when we. You know, would face each other it was cool because I got to like strike him out and he would strike me out, or we would get hits off each other. I don't remember. But... And then
1: in high school, I played, uh, and then it wasn't fun because, like, I don't know,
2: it, just, yeah, uh, it it's too, too much politics, too
1: competitive, in politics, and
2: uh... when sports have too much politics, and like you know, managers are trying to get the best kids on their team,
3: mm-hmm. it's
2: not, it's not fun anymore, you know yeah or like you know not giving people chances because like
1: you know this person's just whatever it just wasn't fun anymore so we stopped or i I stopped and then we tried out for the wrestling team and then we kind of decided we didn't want to do it after they told us they pretty much told us like you can't like Go around throwing people like that. Because we came into the tryouts and we just started like German suplexing people. And, <laughs> and like, you can't do that. That's against the rules. And I'm like, what? It's wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not it's not that kind of wrestling. And then we were kind of turned off to it. So like, well, that's stupid. So we did so we did backyard wrestling for like like, like sixteen, six seventeen? Years, yeah. 17? Nah, probably
0: yeah. two years. Two or three? At least two or three, yeah. Are, are any yeah. The guys are any of the guys who, who joined you know, the ranks of independent pro wrestling in NorCal, were they a part of your backyard group or were you the only ones who did it?
2: I think we are the only ones yeah. that came out of it.
0: Yeah. It's the same with, that's the same with mine. I started mine and well, it's, it's a funny story. Actually, the ones that I was doing, I was the only guy who came out of it, but I told the story with, with uh, when I did Flacco's podcast. So um, when SPW was starting we didn't i didn't own a ring we were trying to find one i ended up hooking up with these guys in stockton and that's how i met jesus cruz Mm
3: -hmm. And like
0: if you remember wicked um he used to work for fbw for a while Wicked
2: sounds familiar yeah 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 i mean mean, he
0: he was only there for till like maybe the early 2000s and then he 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 bounced out um only one that i can remember from that group that that stuck around was jesus but that was funny. I, I, I'll, I told this story, too. It was, it was, I told this when I was speaking with Riv, when I did an interview with Riv. So the day that we decided what we were going to do to get the ring up to SPW, we were going to buy um, uh, or we were gonna, I was going to rent a U-Haul. I'd pay for it. And we would bring their ring up to my backyard and do a backyard show on Friday night to promote the SPW show on Saturday night. And so we had a huge, you know, huge following there. And I let all the guys from Stockton, including Jesus, Big Ugly was there, although he would have never admit it. And uh and a few other guys were all there and we all put on this big backyard show. Well, I got a U-Haul that was too small for the ring, right? So, like we had we had a, all the beams were sticking out the back. Yeah. So I'm like, what are we gonna do? And so like, hey Jesus and Wicked, Jesus is like, Hey man, we'll
3: we'll sit in the back. That's fine.
0: Right. And I was like, Are you sure? He's like, Oh yeah, no problem. So we set him in the back. We I drive back to Sacramento and when I open up the back, Jesus had lit I mean, he must have been smoking pot the entire way. <laughs> <laughs> the whole that
2: record. sounds about right.
0: It just comes out like a whiff and he walks out, eyes bloodshot like crazy. He's like, Hey man, let's set up this ring. You know, and like we just got <laughs> yeah. had a killer show. And I was like, I love this guy, you know, Jesus was hilarious. And so
1: Oh, we love Jesus, man.
0: Yeah. I wish he was still working, man. I now that I'm now that I'm actually wrestling and fully trained, I wish I could work him because you know it would have been kind of cool full circle to see be both backyarders and then now in our you know in our forties wrestle. You know what I mean? It's cool. So so anyway, back back to you guys though. So what was it about and you're talking to a guy obviously, you know, you know my background, I'm religious and stuff. I don't I don't smoke pot. I I don't I had I had one experience <laughs> one experience with a pop brownie on accident. So, like, so tell me, like, what is it about marijuana use that is so appealing to you guys, that you use it so much?
1: I mean, for for one, when we first started wrestling, you get, we were getting our ass whooped and, like, bruised and battered and fuck, man. And uh, I mm-hmm. don't like pills. Mm-hmm. And pills, I don't know, in wrestling, I feel like are, are, are a big thing or were a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully not as much anymore, but like I don't know. And so uh, we just—I was like, pot is the thing
2: that um is our—is our, you know, it's a release. It's, it's, it's going to be
1: our medicine. Yeah,
2: it's a good release. It makes you, you know, it heals your body a little bit, and like, it, I don't know, makes you not think about the pain so much either. Yeah, and like
1: it'll knock your ass out, so you can get a good night rest. So like. <laughs> Uh, Instead of, you know, drinking and doing pills and where you could fucking possibly die. You can't die off a pot. Uh, You could eat a huge weed brownie and probably be high as shit and think you might die. But (laughs) if you fall asleep, you'll be okay, you know? (laughs) Might wake up in two days, but you'll be all right. So, yeah, like, uh, we're big advocates on that. Like, don't don't do pills and fucking drink because, I don't know. So you guys guys
0: not do you guys not drink?
1: We do. I don't drink much. Scotty drinks more than I do, but like not much, not too much.
0: Yeah, you're not you're not party drinkers. You just if if someone says have a beer with me, you will. But you're not like going and getting drunk all the time. You're, you is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'd rather go to a party and like uh, smoke four blunts and have one beer rather than like, you know, have five whiskey Cokes and smoke one blunt.
0: (laughs) And Jared's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah." (laughs) I'll tell you, I've never shared this story publicly, but I'll share it now. So I've told a few people this, but, uh, I think I was, I think I was a junior in high school and, uh, some, someone was just passing out a Brownie and, uh, and they were, and they knew I was, you know, Mormon, and I didn't do it, and so they thought it'd be funny, and they're like, "Here's a, here, here, eat this," and I ate it, and I was like, "This tastes like crap," and I swallowed it, and they're like, "Aha, it's a pot brownie," and I'm like, "Oh man, you know, that's not, that's not good," you know, and, uh, and so probably two, two periods later, uh, I get called to the office because, oh, yeah, and the, and the principal's like, "So how are you feeling?" I'm like, I, "I'm, I'm, I'm fine." You know, and they're like, "You don't look fine," and I'm like, "I'm I'm totally fine," and they're like, "Okay, well," and so anyway, luckily the kid who gave it to me told told them like it was that that I didn't know right, so I didn't get in any trouble, but they sent me home, and it was so funny because my mom my mom was like, "Do you feel anything?" and I was like, "Nope," and then I ate three bowls of cinnamon toast crunch and slept all the rest of the day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know what's in the cinnamon toast crunch, but it's it's the best i've ever had and that was really? the best sleep i ever had and so uh, that was my one experience with uh, partaking so uh so yeah i mean what's that got to
1: give it up to cereal <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know cinnamon toast crunch man that's my jam so so if there's somebody listening here who you know uh, there's a lot of people out there who are very conservative about this and um you know what what would you tell someone who thinks that marijuana use is uh is bad for you or um would cause problems for people um what, what would be your response to that person
2: i mean there's so much of a variety these days man like you know cancer patients and glaucoma and like um you don't have to smoke it you can eat a cbd gummy which has no thc in it at all it's just completely like a body high which is good for your body and then like
1: or, like, an-
2: anxiety now, like, that, it's a huge thing for anxiety. Or, like, um, sleep deprivation, everything, man. Like, there's certain, like, strands that are just for that stuff. And, like, between the CBD and the THC stuff, like, you don't even have to smoke it. You can drink it. You can eat it. You can even – uh And on top of this, this is all, like – Doing
1: doing it responsibly, you know? Like, if you don't have a job or money, like, you probably should not be spending whatever you have on pot and smoking it. You should be getting your shit together. But if you got your shit together and you have a long day at work or you fucking wrestle a 25-minute match and you're a little bit sore, uh, fucking smoke some pot or eat a, eat a fucking edible... Or have a fucking CBD drink. There's yeah, there's tons of stuff that you can get now. It's not like the '70s were like it's all you know you have to burn it, man, or like it's just in brownies. Like there's a lot of options. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um.
0: And so, uh, tell me um, the transition. So, so you transition away. Going back to wrestling now. Mm -hmm. You go back to. uh, you're, you're doing the bad apples. When does the suburban commandos kind of become your gimmick? Because you did that for a long, long
1: time. Uh, me and Riz and Ryan, Ryan, uh, dubbed uh, his name was Dub C at the time, but Chance Calloway, Chance Calloway, better known as Pong, Pong.
3: Okay. Um,
1: uh, Big Ugly had us. He wanted. To somebody to do this trios gimmick of white guys that thought they were black and kind of like the Malibu's most wanted.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, oh, I want you know, the suburban commando. So he came up with the gimmick and he's just like, um, I think you guys would be good for that. Let's try it out. And then we did it and uh, I caught on and Shit, man, it was uh, me, Ryan, and Riz for, like, the first year. And then I think Ryan broke off and stopped wrestling so much. Uh, and then it was just me and Jay going everywhere together. And then finally Derek joined us. And then it was the trios again. And uh, so, yeah, it's that that started at SPW. That was all big, ugly.
0: Mm. Nice. And so um... – was that so you when you started your your tra- you trained at brawl i know brawl ran some shows right
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and then were you kind of like spw mainstays or were you working elsewhere where did kind of the suburban commandos kind of we
1: originate i mean spw for the mm-hmm. most part
2: but like uh, we we did we did shitty shows in like orangeville for rob wilds and stuff like that yeah we were working in la for epic war for a guy
1: named Gary Yap, who is an interesting <laughs> character. And then, uh, you know, most most people that put on shows got to be interesting characters, or, you know... Hmm. And, or, or I should say, most people that put on shows that aren't that good are interesting characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve Rob Justice. Wilde. Steve Justice, Rob Wilde.
0: <laughs> Rob Wilde was an interesting guy. That guy... That was interesting. That was the what was it called? UWA? Is that what he was, he was doing? Yeah,
2: yeah. and he had that that Michael Porter guy was wrestle shoot and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah.
1: Porter
0: was a good. He was a nice guy.
1: He like, was. Yeah, we were on his podcast or his. Uh, yeah, I guess it was a, a podcast before they were podcasts, right?
0: Yeah, he did a he did a small radio show, um, in Marysville for a really long time, and uh, good guy, you know, but unfortunately rob wilds man that guy he he was he was nice to me at times and then i mean he spit on me one time because i passed out a flyer and was parking a lot of his wrestling show you know and so he spit on me and then caused this whole fight and all that it was one of he had one of those he always had the juggalos around you know the um what was that guy's name rude boy i think so it was the guy he'd yeah. always he'd always bring in and, rude and boy. yeah so that was interesting but spw is what you were you know kind of mainstay, but when I met you, you kind of had some heat with SPW. It seemed like is, is that a story there where that kind of came about?
2: Yeah, they so we were doing the commandos, and then um, they wanted to turn us heel, yeah, and we did this like run in and uh, jumped a bunch of their students. which their students at the time, it was Johnny and, uh... Johnny Blinko. and Steve Stamp and, uh... Scoot? Scoot, maybe. I think, maybe. some Somebody else. Yeah. And then, like, we did our run-in and, like...
1: Spray-painted them. Spray-painted We were just catching hell of heat with the crowd, talking shit, and then Riz was talking shit to some lady, and then after the show, that lady uh, got all heated about it, and uh, Riz was still like, you know, in in the moment, and was like talking shit back to her. And I guess that lady was
2: part of the owner of the venue, related or whatever.
1: to the owner of the venue. And so mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, we gotta suspend you for for a couple shows," and then they just never brought us
2: back. Was this, um, is this
0: where they were in the Colonial, or is this after that?
2: Is it the that St. Peter's Hall?
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
2: okay, yeah
0: yeah man and then they just never brought you back was that uh was that when samurai was running it or was that when uh ugly was running it
1: no, it, was it was samurai yeah and then that's when we started to do those suburban commando shoot promos which <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you ever saw you yeah. <laughs> uh
0: i think i remember one where it was you talking a lot about hot dogs
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, know. it was weird. We were shooting on Samurai a lot, and then uh, I don't know. We shot on a lot of people in those because um, we were like, fuck it, man. Like, our our main place that we were getting work at the time was SPW, and they don't want to use us anymore. So, like, and then Brawl, we were doing our own shows. So, we we're like, fuck it, we're just gonna, we don't really care what people think. Let's just tell it like it is, and then. We did those, and then uh, we sure, we caught heat for them, but I feel like also they we got –
2: They were entertaining. Yeah, they were entertaining. People agreed with us, and people didn't agree with us, but whatever.
0: Well, I want to talk to you about that, because that's one thing that I've noticed with you guys just over the years. Whether I was promoting a show or whether I wasn't and just follow you guys on your social media, it's so entertaining. But you guys kind of get yourselves in a lot of trouble doing that stuff. (laughs) You know, like – you know, there, there's a lot of times where you kind of catch some heat because of the stuff you say just off the, off the cuff. Can you think of a time, when, was that the the one that was the biggest, where you guys shooting on samurai, or was there another one where you've – because I remember a lot over the years where you've kind of, like, hit on something or whatever, and it kind of caught, you know – I
1: mean, through. us shooting on samurai wasn't a big deal to, to us because, like, I don't know – I don't know. Still it, to this day, we we don't give a shit with Samurai, I think so. Sure, I'll, you know we'll say hi to him in the locker room and cordial be cordial and there. stuff.
2: You know we don't hate the guy,
1: but mm-hmm.
2: tis what it is. Yeah, I don't know, man. We just like like being straight up. Like I don't I don't care if I'm gonna catch heat for something that I believe in. Like Plus, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it no matter what.
1: Yeah, and and especially now, you know, we're so like seasoned in the business got our own school work you know pretty much pick and choose which shows we want to do and so yeah anything we say now is like just us seeing something and being like what the fuck because mm-hmm. uh, i don't know no one else wants to say anything about it
2: so we like to be the speaker uppers yeah
1: <laughs> i tell i tell derek all the time i wish i could just delete my social media like, if I ever stop wrestling, I'm probably going to delete all my social media.
0: It's dude, That's so true. There's, there's so many things. Social media is, like, uh, the greatest promotional tool, but also just such a pain because of all the drama it brings. Even just things – I find myself – it's so silly. Like, I even find myself at 42 years old being, like, this post didn't get a lot of likes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just – kind of like, why don't people liking this post? This is comedy gold. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it just things like that. That's just so crazy. And I just, I actually just had a fight with my, not a fight, but I just had a deal with my son uh, where we were talking about this, where, you know, he doesn't like me taking pictures of him and, you know, I'm proud of my kids. I mean, you if you follow my social media, my yeah. kids are all over it because they're just, they're like the light of my life and I'm so proud of them. They're all just so great. And so, but yeah occasionally i i catch him sleeping funny or something like that and i'll take a picture and i'll like put it on social media and i guess a lot of his little friends will fo- like follow my instagram you know and so they'll you know they'll ask really? them a little bit about the stupid photo i took of him and he gets he gets a little mad about it and i just go man like this thing is so stupid <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean
3: because
0: yeah. I, I don't know about you guys but for me social media is such a it's almost like a um an online journal for me, like I love hitting the memories and looking back over, you know, the last yeah. year that day and just being like, oh, look at my kids. They were so little and they were so fun. They still loved me and they still, they didn't talk back yet. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing or going back and seeing like, oh man, this SWF show I did was so, it was so cool. I mean, you know, so I mean, I don't know if you guys do the same thing or, or anything like
1: no, that. No, no, I, I agree. It's cool to look back at all all the stuff. Like you said, it's like a, a journal. But, but it also, at the same time, it shouldn't be, like, a personal journal. Right. Which a lot of people, that's what it is. Yeah, is people like...
2: blast their business too much. I'm like, I'll take a picture and, you know, that'll be my my status or whatever, you know. Can, I'm not going to, like, sit there and write, like, a, a novel about my bad day at work, you know.
0: Right, right. I've, I've occasionally put something out there, and the reason I do it is just because I'm like, you know, maybe there's somebody – maybe there's somebody out there that needs to hear this you know like they're going through a bad day like something motivational kind of but i agree like I, I i have a couple of people who will like post things like oh you know d- let me talk about my narcissistic and ex- narcissistic x you know what i mean yes. like, oh boy <laughs> you know really?
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm like, let's go back 30 years when we have to like write letters to each other and call t- call each other on the telephone. Nobody,
1: and... <laughs> nobody is going to write that many letters, man. Oh no, man, <laughs> like you got so much to say, there's no way you you'd write all that down and send it to somebody. <laughs> yeah, my you, kid... can't, you cannot fit that in pager code. Sorry. <laughs> I I remember I just
0: told my kids, my my daughter was flat like this. <clears throat> he was like. So you're telling me that the only phone you had was connected to the wall? And I was like, yeah, you couldn't go anywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? You had to sit in the kitchen and everyone heard your conversation. And and then she was like, well, what happened if like you weren't home and someone called you? You're like, you didn't talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You you see them at school the next day and they'd be like, hey, I tried to call you yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah, I was at the mall. I was busy. You know, just that's the way it was. Maybe simpler times. Maybe it was better
1: back then. You know,
0: right. yeah. bring back the pigeons I think you're a little bit young how old are you guys
1: we're 40 we just turned 40
0: okay okay so you're you're my age tell me was it not the coolest time when you were younger I mean in twins it had to be awesome too where like remember back in the day when the coolest weekend was going to Blockbuster renting a movie and a video game getting some pizza and just like chilling all weekend doing that
3: you
1: know, oh, yeah, yeah like, we would rent the shittiest NES games and then get so mad at each other over it. Oh. For one, the games are so hard, yeah, and then and then we're trying to like play and share with each other and getting frustrated, and we would just pelt each other with those controllers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Like, yeah, like you're saying, like kids don't do that shit anymore, man, they just sit on the fucking social media or computer and watch. Fucking TV all day. They and, play games. Yeah, but they don't go out and do anything as no, much no. as we used no. to do. You know, they like, don't. Hey, get out of the house. Go have fun, kids. Go do something. No, they
0: don't. You don't understand, though. I have kids. They don't play games anymore. They watch YouTubers play games.
2: Yes, yes. I've no. noticed that. Like a bunch of our friends' kids and stuff like that. That's all they do: watching TikToks and watching people play video games and stuff.
0: My my it's youngest crazy. son. He's nine years old. He'll turn 10 in June. I get up in the morning at about five in the morning and I go to the gym. He makes me wake him up so that he can go downstairs and watch YouTubers play Apex Legends or some game <laughs> two hours before school <laughs> because he wants to be a gamer. That's like his thing. He wants to be a professional gamer. Hmm. So he just watches people play those games like all day. It's just, it's mind blowing. I don't know. It's different. But yeah, I remember just being as a kid, just thinking like, Renting renting video games and playing them all weekend, turning them back on Monday was like the coolest weekend ever. Do you have? Do you guys have a favorite game back then? Was there one in particular that you liked?
2: Um, probably just like like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat two two was probably and then the Street Fighter also. WrestleMania the
1: arcade game was one we rented a lot. Nintendo I love. Bowl.
0: I loved WrestleFest. Do you remember the WrestleFest? Yeah, Wrestlefest was then?
1: really good too, yeah.
0: yeah. Rumble. I would dude, I would play I'd play with Earthquake and just smash those guys all we, day.
1: That we week. would go to the Golfland Arcade in Castro Valley and fucking just play that game and Mortal Kombat Two for Killer Instinct for like three too. hours, four hours. They had Primal Rage over there too, yeah. I remember.
0: Yeah. Mortal Kombat Two, I think, was my all time favorite game. Where you yeah, could hang was- and turn into the dragon and bite people's. Yep,
2: yeah, wow. that was that was the one. Yeah, man, that was a great one. Yeah, two then- was the first one with fatalities, right? Well, the first They're one, with the yeah, they just were just fatalities. blew the first one out yeah. of the water.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did did you get into the Killer Instinct and in all those games? I, by then, I just it was too much for me with all the combo. No, I loved
1: Killer Instinct. Yeah, we liked Killer Instinct.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't. I, that was, that was it. Got a little bit above my prey grade
2: on those ones. I don't know. And then I always like the
0: sports games. like NBA
2: <laughs> Yeah, but, we played uh, Griffey Baseball a lot. Yeah, was... uh, RBI Baseballs and stuff oh, like yeah.
0: that. That's a Griffey one, right? The Ken Griffey one?
2: Yeah.
1: Griffey one's probably the best baseball game ever. Ever, probably. Besides, yeah. like, you know,
2: the new 2K shit. I mean, it's like yeah. Super real. I guess. I feel like it's still not as fun as Griffey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, those old, those old arcade games were so much fun. I remember my kid, uh, or when I was a, in high school i'd have friends over and we would play like wcw nwo revenge on the 64 and get so mad at each other like kid like guys wouldn't give the other guys rides home because they were so you know over that game you know you and you'd be like the nwo and then you'd you'd convince some other guy to like you know to to not tag in you know and join your clique and all that those are
1: still those are still to this day the best wrestling games ever made by far
0: Oh, I agree. I think the WCW NWO and like all those THQ ones,
1: right? Like WrestleMania, yeah. Like WrestleMania 2000. 2000, No Mercy. Yeah, yeah. All all those are
2: great, yeah.
1: great, dude. What? you could fucking uh, edit the guys for the intro, so you can have your own, you know, created wrestlers like doing the intro of the whole video game. It's pretty sick, dude. Yeah, yeah.
0: That was a that was a lot of fun. So, um. So tell me what what was it that transitioned you guys away from being the suburban commandos and going into the Stoner Brothers? Were you tired of the old gimmick, or did it come organically? What was it?
2: Um, well, it was when Hood Slam started. We were like uh, Sam just wanted us to be you know ourselves, but like turned up, and we we're both potheads and like we love the Steiner Brothers. So we were like, okay, let's be the Stoner Brothers. It was, I don't think it was. It was the Blunt Brothers first. It okay.
1: was supposed to be like I don't know Philly and Titan or something like that. And that's just two names of types of a type of blunt. Hmm. Uh, and then I don't know who came up with it. Someone was just like, "How about how about the Stoner Brothers?" And they were like, "Yeah, Rick Scott, Scott Rick."
2: And then we got there. <laughs> we made it. Yeah, but then, I don't know, we were just so comfortable doing the Stoner Brothers that, like, we just transitioned, especially, like, uh, I don't know, Weed's very highly uh, accessible these days, and, like, it's very mainstream now, so, like, it just felt like a good time.
1: Yeah, for a while, we are like, oh, Commandos is our, like, uh, family-friendly gimmick, and then we'll, you know, do the Stoner Brothers whenever else we can. And then, and then we are just like, "Fuck that! We're just gonna do the Stoner Brothers everywhere, you know. If they book us as the Stoner Brothers, you know, they they can't complain when we do Stoner Brother stuff, you know. Right. Yeah, we're not it. gonna we're not gonna smoke in your venue without permission. But like, you know, we're gonna cut a promo about pot or like, you know, make pot gestures. Sure, we might not like look at a little kid and be like, "Hey, kid, you wanna hit this joint?". <laughs> Because guess what you're not old enough idiot
0: (laughs) right so do you find that that now that you're doing the stoner brothers do you think that that is um affecting your ability to get bookings or are you kind of i mean i gotta imagine you've been doing this for 22 years so the idea of just going out there and wrestling everywhere is not necessarily as appealing as it once was Are you guys good with just hey you know what like we're just we'll just do the Stoner Brothers where they want to book us and if you don't want to book us that's fine is that kind of your thing now
2: yeah like like we said earlier man like we're at the point where we like pick and choose what we want to do and like we don't go out of the house without like you know a certain incentive so like plus like if it's not a fun match for us we're we're just not gonna do it you know like I don't want to wrestle people that I don't like or people that you know are not gonna try or be good i don't know Just, we don't we don't want to wrestle shit dicks we don't want to you know wrestle in little tiny places for fucking peanuts so like and also i think like uh you know the reason we're we're doing this cuz we love
1: it and we love to give back to the new guys and then also you know we we like being Fucking stars ourselves, and also showing off that we're a good team. So, uh, you know, if we're not having fun or those other things, what's then the then what's the point? That's why, like, I feel like we figured that out when we we had our tryout, and we decided that we just want to train people and have fun with wrestling.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you had a you had a WWE tryout, and that was set up by Brian
3: Kendrick, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, so so Brian Kendrick uh, just kind of discovered you guys through, through Hood Slam and various things. I mean, he's still – I think he's still on the West Coast, isn't he? Yeah, we
2: just worked his show uh WrestleMania weekend.
0: Oh, you did? Okay.
2: Yeah, he, he has a company called Wrestling Pro Wrestling. Does a bunch of goofy gimmicks. It's crazy. Oh, yeah? Uh, he's fun, man. Cool guy. Love Brian.
0: Yeah, he was, he was fun. I met him uh, when we were doing – we did Impact Wrestling – uh, on a loop from San Francisco to to uh, Sacramento.
2: Yeah, I remember those. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 you guys got hooked up in that whole thing in San Francisco. That was not my fault, by the way. That was not me. <laughs> so <laughs> good? out there, I've never really spoke publicly about it. But that whole that whole come and drop your promo pack thing off that was that was a big thing. That was not a me thing. So that nah, sounds
2: like a big thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, bigs. That was. You know, but I'll tell you what. I mean, um, Luster and Chupi, they got legit, you know, they got legit looks um, over at the gut check thing. And I think that's what ended up Luster getting his first. He ended up flying out to Orlando and working James Storm off of that gut check. So, you know, it worked out for a couple guys, I suppose. But they were doing more than just coming to San Francisco and moving those mats.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, but anyhow, um, but yeah, Brian Kendrick was a super, I mean, he was super cool and was kind of one of the most accessible stars at Impact. You know what I mean? Like, some of the other guys just kind of went around and did their thing, but he was always really cool to everybody. So, anyway, you, you get hooked up with uh, with that from Brian Kendrick, and tell me kind of what happened.
1: Uh, so, we flew out there, and it was like a three-day thing, and um, I don't know – to, to be honest, I feel like if if it was us in our careers seven to ten years before that, because this was like what? Uh, it's not more than ten years ago, right? No. I know.
0: It's probably like, ten it
1: ago. It, yeah, if we were younger in our career and not where we were at, then it'd be it'd probably been a different story, but like uh, in our heads, we were uh, more comfortable out here. So, w- anyways, we 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 did the first day, and it was all just cardio, blow up shit. And,
2: and... Then also, there was like I don't know, like a Gargano and Champa and a couple other guys were having their tryout also, but like they didn't have to do everything that we had to do, so they got a little special treatment, which was kind of stupid and shitty. Um, but then, I don't know, then Regal, Regal, after the first day, just did this speech, tell him, you know, like, you're going to be our bitches, you're not going to have a life, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know, that just really hit us. And like, we were happy and comfortable where we are with our, um, our dojo and training kids and like, getting people to where they need to be. And like that. We're uh, like before we uh, wrestled, or why we wrestled. We were also uh, teacher aides for special Mm -hmm. needs and stuff. So like we're always teaching, and we love teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. We were just comfortable and happy with what we were doing, and like we said, fuck it. We're we're not going back. Fuck it. And so we didn't come back the next two days, and then we just left. Man,
0: so so tell me. you know, do you think, I mean, was some of it also, I mean, the first day it sounds like it was all just blowing you up on to make you try to puke. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then were you just like, I'm not going to go through two more days of this if this isn't even what I want. Or was it just like, we decided we didn't want it. So what's the point of continuing
1: uh, that? And, and also like, are they going to even like give us a chance to show them why we're here? Like, we're here 'cause we're we're twin brothers and we're a tag team and you know I thought you know they had seen some of our stuff so they had to know we're pretty good but I don't know I guess that's that's all just like the weeding out process they want to see if like you're willing to do whatever they they're want treated like it. a piece of shit <laughs> yeah I guess treated like a piece of shit
0: well and when you say that like what was it that they were doing that made you feel like you were being treated like a piece of shit like was it was it just the cardio stuff, or was it like, were they being rude to you and, and not giving you the time of day? Like, were they, were they, it sounds like they were showing some favoritism to kind of like indie stars, right? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. And then, and they were being shitty to people that were like going slower or just blowing up in general.
2: Um, I mean, this was at the time where it was like, uh, who was it? it was Bill DeMont. Bill DeMont was there. Albert. Uh, Albert, uh, who else? Norman Smiley and uh, Robbie Brookside, Billy Gunn.
1: Like I don't think anybody personally rubbed us the wrong way, but just like the way they were talking to people, and then and then the Regal speech about how like pretty much like you're not gonna have a life, you're gonna get paid shit for a while, you're gonna eat shit for a while. And, like, yeah, we kind of knew that going into it also. But then, I don't know, that just made us second guess. And then when we woke up the next morning, uh, we just had, like, a big heart-to-heart with each other, and we're like, we're good. We don't need to do this. Yeah, let's just enjoy our our two days here and then dip.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay. So um, going back, also, something I wanted to address with you. Well, we'll go back and talk about that. I want to stay on this WWE topic for a minute. So – When you left, what was the fallout from
2: that? Um, uh, A lot of shit talking online from people, not knowing the story. And then, um, um, I, I don't know. I'm sure Brian wasn't super happy with us either at the time. But, I mean, we told him later on when we seen him, like, our story of it, and he understood. So, like, that was cool. Uh, but, like, I don't know. Like people... Also, people that, like, never supported us
1: beforehand had a lot to say after mm-hmm. the fact. Mm-hmm. Like, um, our our mom's brother, our uncle, who we just don't talk to anymore. Because after that happened, he never supported us in wrestling beforehand and said it was a waste of time. And then, uh, like, went online and publicly, like... Just tried to, to bury fucking us. bury us. Like hmm. uh, just saying some mean ass shit. Uh just on social media on wrestling shit. Like he doesn't even Is this guy
0: you know, is your uncle like a wrestling fan or does he like indie shows? Not I mean, at all. No.
1: Not at all. No, he's he's like a, a financial
2: advisor of some sort or something he's like a jerry Maguire guy sports sports agent or some shit
1: whatever he's not even a sports agent he's just he's he just has money he makes money so i don't know he felt like he had something to say and it was ridiculous because i don't know from from someone to like barely talk to you and then go online and publicly shame you and supposed to be your family like it's crazy
2: and
0: and what exactly was he saying? Just that you guys was just he that you?
1: we're lazy pieces of shit. We've never uh, we're never gonna amount to anything. You could just fucking get high and smoke at your fucking uh, hood slam shows with fucking forty people there.
0: Hmm.
3: And
1: it's like you don't know shit for one, and for two, what? like
0: hood slam shows, and there's not forty people there.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: like, yeah, right. Um. So, so it, the the fallout from that. Then, I mean, did you get any any heat from WWE, or did you ever get any contact from anybody that was there? And it's like, hey, why'd you guys leave, or anything like that?
2: I mean, yeah, they they no. called us that morning, and we told them why we're not coming back. And then we uh, called them. Yeah. And okay. we just told them that uh we changed our mind. This isn't something we wanted to do. And then yeah, I guess sorry. Yeah, the aftermath is, like, people getting mad at us because we took spots yeah, we, from people. It's like, uh, we didn't take any spots. They were our spots. Right. So, like, how did we take spots from anybody? So, wow. I don't know. Just just people getting jealous and, and then, like, trying to shit on us because we didn't go through with the three-day tryout.
0: Mm-hmm. Looking back on that now, do you... I mean, it's been some time now. You've probably reflected. Do you wish you would have finished the tryout?
2: Um, no. Looking back now, I would have done the same thing. Uh
0: huh. Do you think that was the right decision? Still, like that you you didn't want that? You didn't want to be in the WWE?
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. If we if we weren't like you know in our early thirties. If we were, like, in our early 20s and not early 30s, sure. It would have been different because then, you know, for one, we would have been green enough to, like... Let them reteach us. Yeah, teach us. reteach and fucking just <clears throat> kiss asses because we want to... Because we're green and we don't know no better,
2: mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, we are just... I don't know. And like Derek said, we were just in a comfortable... We loved what we were doing like, back here.
0: So we yeah, like, like you like teaching. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, going on to that. So you, you mentioned that you were I don't know if you still are, but for a time you were teachers' aides at a special ed school. Yeah. Yeah. How long did you do that
1: for? I uh, I started when I was at seventeen and then we did it for like six to eight years maybe. I, I was I did it for like 13 years but then I, I just this year last year I just got back into it and I'm working at the school again
0: oh nice same oh, yeah, sp-
1: it was like 13 years
0: nice and uh as far as that goes what is it about teaching at a special ed school that you guys like
2: um just giving a positive um, look <laughs> on life to like the new breed that's You know, and just want to be here, and we're gone. And walking away, knowing you did something good,
1: yeah. uh, Every day, as opposed to just walk. You know, if I was sitting there making fucking sandwiches for eight hours straight, like, what could I walk away and tell myself? Well, at least I made some money. You know, I could be like, at least I made some money and made a difference a little bit.
0: Yeah. So is that? You know, I am always curious about people's motivation. (laughs) You know, and, and there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I'm an attorney, right? And I run into a lot of people who are motivated by money, who are motivated by competition and things of that nature. Um, what do you think it is that motivates you to do the things
1: that you do?
2: Um,
1: uh, it makes me happy, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know.
2: Uh, why are we motivated to do what we do? I don't know. It makes, uh, like, like you said earlier, same thing. We're just like, we're giving people the chance to live their dreams and we get to be a part of that. And that, that makes me happy.
0: Mm-hmm. What is it uh, about the teaching, the process of teaching that, that you enjoy so much?
2: Um, just passing knowledge, really. And um, and seeing the evolution of, of people, you yeah. know, like, uh... Someone who shows sh- up that...
1: When Shotzi first came to us, she was... She didn't know anything about anything. She just liked wrestling. But she was, you know, very outgoing and, uh... Hardworking and determined. Yeah, and, you know, not a lot of fear. So, uh... She she came to pretty quick. Um mm-hmm. you know, so it was cool to see it's just cool to see someone go from zero to to a wrestler.
0: Right. How long did it take Shotzi to figure it out? Because I mean I remember seeing her at a hood slam show and being like, geez, she she knows what she's doing. You know, I mean, how long did it take her to get there?
1: Uh, training a A good year before she worked at Hood Slam. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we were also doing dojo shows, so maybe like seven months, and then she started doing dojo shows, and then about a year close, maybe a little past that for her first Hood Slam. But, I mean, she was slowly brought up in Hood Slam. Like, she was our valet for a while. And then she, you know, had a couple small spots here and there as a valet, and then slowly mm-hmm. did some matches, and then turned into also, you know, working herself.
2: just like we tell our students. There's like, there's no point to working someone that's worse than you because you can't, you're not getting any better off that. Yeah. Like and like shots, being able to work like Chupacabra and Mike Hayashi and. And Mike Crane and Sheik and all these dudes that are fucking awesome at what they do is like just, you know, makes her better every time she gets to wrestle. So like anytime you get to work someone better than yourself, it's like always just take that knowledge and bring it to your next one, you know?
1: And some people just like get it quicker and are naturals about things. And I feel like her both her and Mansour like got it and you know, we're naturals with most things. Shotzi was a little like uh, what's a good word? Like crooked on a couple things. I guess crooked's the right word, yeah?
3: Yeah.
1: But like they both just got it and like have it in their blood. So that's why they're where they're at right now, you know?
0: I'll tell you, I thought it was so cool to watch uh, when I think it was a it was crown. They were in Saudi Arabia. It was Crown Jewel or whatever. And he won the... Uh, yeah,
2: the biggest battle, battle royal.
0: Yeah, he won the battle royal, right? And then in the middle of his promo, he gives that little hood slam sign. I saw him, yeah. I saw him do that, and I was like, oh, man, you know, like, the, you guys had to be real proud, you know, when that
3: yeah.
1: happened. Yeah, that was awesome, man. It's it's yeah. awesome to see... Just see anybody that you know succeed, you know? So, like,
2: if it's... It's kind of like, you know, you have like you have kids, like you teach them like a lot of their stuff they're learning. And so like to see them gradually get better and better at what, you know, they've been working on and stuff like that. It's just, it's makes you proud. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I'm <laughs> one of the conversations my son and I just recently had, and you may even, you know, feel this a little bit because I'm sure you don't see Shotzi and Mansour very often more because they're out touring. Right. With, with, yeah. But like I told my son, recently, just just yesterday, I was like, it's crazy how fast the time goes. And, you know, he's, he's turning 17 here soon. And I was like, you got like another year and a half and then it's college and he's going to serve a mission for our church and all that stuff. And I was like, I got you for a year and a half and then you're gone, you know. Yeah. And, and he just it makes you want, uh, you know, what's that term I, I saw from the office, I think, was when um, – ed Helms played Andy says I wish I wish I knew I was in the good old days before I left them you know what I mean like that's how I feel about my kids is that they're just they're growing up so quickly and you know I blink and they're you know there's they're six they're my kids are ages 16 to 10 and it's like I feel like they all just became they were all just babies you know what I mean and yeah. it's kind of the same way when you're training them you know what I mean yeah so, you sit there and you're like, I'm 40 years old, and all my kids are out of the house and grown. You know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> yeah,
3: know. exactly.
0: But now you guys, so you guys have Stoner U. That's your that's your training place. Yeah. Uh, and I heard a rumor, and I want to confirm: is it true that you were training Lita for her comeback? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So is she local to the Bay Area? Then is that? I'm-
2: yeah, I believe so. Yeah, she's in Frisco.
0: Okay. And so how did that come about?
2: Um,
1: Her and Sam are friends, and uh, she's also a fan of Hood Slam. Um, mm-hmm. And then that just, you know, like, oh, I need a place to, you know. Knock the rest off. Knock the rest off. And Sam was like, go to the Cuzzies and Anton.
2: So and she came here. She was awesome and like super humble and like just wanted us to like show her new moves and stuff like that and then just refresh her on, you know, the norm. She was great.
0: Nice. And uh, how long did you guys train with her?
2: Um, I
1: came here like five times. Yeah, like five times.
0: Okay. And just, um, you said Anton, does he help train with you guys? Is that?
2: Yeah, Anton one of our head trainers too. It's us three.
0: Oh, nice. And um, and you said you have eighteen students. Yeah, man. So if somebody wants to train with Stoner U, what what does it take? What do you got to do?
2: You got to know how to roll a joint. <laughs> that is not true. But we'll yeah. teach you that over here.
1: <laughs> no, um, no. You just uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. Uh, you know, you can hit the Stoner Brothers up. You could hit Anton up. You could go to the Stoner U Facebook page and email that. Uh, you could. Uh, we got Gmail. On, Gmail. Home of Higher Learning at Gmail. That's the the Stoner U email. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it, right? I think there's a Stoner U Instagram also. Yeah. Might just be Stoner U.
2: I think is what it is. Or the real Stoner U or something like that.
0: Yeah. So so what would you say if you were going to sell yourself? Uh, why would someone go to Stoner U than, say, some of the other places around that you can you could train at?
2: Um, first thing to look at is who their head trainers are and then what have they done. And um, I don't know, if, the, if you like their wrestling uh, or – I don't know, just do homework before you go somewhere. Like, don't, don't just be like, oh, I want to go to this school. I I don't even know who the trainer is. Like, figure that shit out. Watch the trainer. If they're entertaining uh, with their shit, like. And then, you know, watch what comes out of that school. Or,
1: you know, uh, or if it's a new school, then, yeah, you're pretty much just, you know. Sure, give everybody a chance. But, like, we tell all our students, like, go get training. As many places you can. Like, if we're not training one day, and you know another school has like an open door policy or something, then fucking go over there and get some something else under the learning tree. But yeah, uh, the more the better. But but and a lot of schools are like, don't you know this is the only place you can go, or I don't know. It's not so much like that anymore. I feel like a lot a a lot of schools are more open now, which uh, is good. It's
2: great. It's not so k faby. But, like, why come to us? We have twenty plus years of wrestling knowledge um tag team specialists. Anton Voorhees is very good at like arsenal of kicks and knowing how to do flippy stuff, and like we have a little bit of everything here, so like that's that's why we get a lot of students and like and yes. we're
1: friends with a lot of good wrestlers that we could have come over here and and do sessions with um. And you know they're all willing to you know take a day and probably do that. So not that they wouldn't do it anywhere else, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think the
0: thing that you guys have that a lot of places don't is you've you've had you've had people make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you trained people and they made it. Uh, I'm not there's not a lot of places out there that that can say that. You know, and when I say made it, I mean like made it to the WWE, made it to AEW, you know, made it overseas. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of places out there that have done that. You've got two people that are in WWE right now, yeah, you know. And so, um, do you, uh, do you have any guys out there right now or, or girls right now that you think are up and comers that are real promising?
1: Um, yeah, I feel like we don't really have any stinkers right now. I feel like a, a lot of our guys and girls
2: are promising. I feel like when we're we're very real with our students, so like if someone comes and like they can't even, you know, do a Ford roll but then like eventually, you know, some of them like we see the heart in them and that doesn't really matter. Then they'll eventually get it, but like some of it is a longer journey, journey. But yeah, like if someone's not getting it, we're like immediately like, "I don't think this is for you. We'll give them like a month or two, yeah, and yeah if they're if they're not getting it right away we'll we'll just tell them right away 'cause like, like not we're not trying to hurt any feelings, but I'm like being honest like if if I think they don't get it and they're not going to get it, like I'm gonna tell them, don't waste your money here anymore yeah, and if you really want to do this, go somewhere else and wrestle mm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it sounds harsh, I guess, but also,
1: no, I think, it sounds,
0: uh, I think it sounds real, right? Yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of places out there would let someone keep coming and taking their money. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And you want to turn out good wrestlers, and if you've got 18 students and one that's taken up all the time, you know what I mean? There's 17 students that are get that aren't getting to progress because there's one who's not getting it. Exactly. exactly. So, so now um, I want to talk with you a little bit about hood slam and your role in hood slam um so tell me how you know that all came about for you guys
2: uh we all lived at the victory warehouse together with sam and uh the hood slam band and then like when uh we, were in, we weren't even on the first show
3: right
2: no 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 we were, that was the only show we've ever
1: missed well I think we missed a, one other one for for our tryout.
3: <clears throat> sure.
1: But anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, if we were we we got laid off from our our school job um, for the summer, so we're like, oh man, what what are we gonna do? And then uh, the opportunity came to come stay at the warehouse, so we did that, and then that turned into like a permanent thing. And uh then we got the ring and started training together and then I mean Hood Slime was already going on before that, Yeah. But I feel like it just all I don't know, we were we all mixed together well, so it, it turned into like a fun environment for us, which turned into a fun environment for, for the fans.
0: Yeah. And so that's kind of how it started. So when you started with Hood Slam, what were your guys' gimmicks? It didn't start out with the Stoner Brothers, right?
1: Yeah, we did. We were, yeah.
0: Oh, from the very beginning? Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, we Not- were the Stoner Brothers. We wrestled uh, the pro wrestling gorillas. Um, one of them was, I think, Mike Rain, and one of them was uh, CJ Dante.
0: Oh, Nice. And then from there, I mean, did you did it start out as a Steiner Brothers kind of parody back then, or did yeah, that-
1: yeah, it was way more Steinery back then, or at least you know, uh, like we were trying to be way Steinery as opposed to being us just a little bit Steinery, you yeah. guys.
0: Yeah. Have you ever heard anything about if the Steiners are aware that you guys do this, or if they've ever said anything about you guys?
1: No, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what Scotty thinks. <laughs> we don't care what Ricky thinks. <laughs> yeah. We are not we can't care what Ricky thinks anymore.
0: Oh why why do you say that?
2: Oh he got canceled. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said some, some shady shit to some trans people.
0: Oh, that was was that just over WrestleMania weekend? That was like yeah, was,
2: that was at WrestleCon
1: or yeah, WrestleCon I think.
0: Oh wow. Man. Yeah, so that's that's a big no no. So, what?
1: Yeah. Yes. And I was like, I was like, do I, I got to change my name now? Like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm good.
0: Man. So, um, but yeah, you're not, a, so you haven't heard anything from them about, do you ever hope to like talk to them about it or what do you think? Or is he Scott Steiner? Yeah. I think
1: it, I think it'd be cool. Like, you know, when we first started, it was like, yeah, we want to wrestle him. And like, we were tagging him on Twitter. And mm. uh, I don't never heard anything back. Mm. I'm sure they they know of us. They, somebody had to show them.
0: Sure. So um, now you do this. You're you work at Hood Slam. Do you have shoot jobs now? Do you still work? You said you you're starting at the Teachers Aid place again.
1: Yeah, I work at a school again. Okay, and
2: uh, that's about it. That you yeah, train. Yeah, yeah, we just for like the longest time we, we've been just living off training people yeah which is fucking awesome that's that's what we want that's our that's our life
0: right how long do you think you're going to be doing this do you want to do this forever or what is I mean, your...
2: you know until until the body goes out which right. you know it's coming <laughs> it
1: would be right. tight to do forever yeah i mean but also like our style of training is we like getting in there and doing everything with them like leading by example and also like uh just 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 doing everything right so they see it first from us before they do it and i feel like a lot of trainers are just barking orders from the outside right. or you know some will get in there but like we, like oh, we do everybody. everything. We're very hands on. I do every bump these guys do, and I don't know, cause I like to work out too, so I try to right get
0: it in. keep your wind up and stuff. Right, there's a different kind of wind to being a being a wrestler, and I didn't learn that. I mean, I was, you know, I was going to the gym six days a week, doing all sorts of cardio, and then I remember running the ropes the first time, and you'd just being like, geez, this is just a different animal." Well, I was. Yeah. I, I trained with Johnny Jeter, you know, over at Manicor, and uh, he had us doing all these blow up drills, and I just thought I was gonna die. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, ten ten rope, you know, ten rope runs, drop down leapfrog five times. You know what I mean? Like two forward rolls, two backward rolls, quarter rolls. You know, you You do.
1: There's nothing like ring cardio. We'll get some really fit motherfuckers in here that you know, at least they think they're fit. Or they, you know, I just got back from the gym, did this, this, and this, and they'll come in here and fucking get blown up in two minutes. We'll do a cardio drill and they'll <laughs> fucking be done.
0: I felt so good. I, we, one time, um, uh, Rafael Palma, who he works as the godfather of Swole here in Sacramento,
1: yeah, and, know,
0: yeah. you know, big bodybuilder guy, and he showed up to Manicor one time and he, you know, he's jacked, you know, he's just completely ripped. And he comes in and, and I'm like, oh, great, you know, and then. And then he does those blow up drills, and he nearly yaks. You know what I mean? And he just—it's it just—it's a, it's a different animal. You know what I yeah. mean? And you got to keep up with it because if you're not doing it every day, like you—you you lose it quick. You yeah, know, there's you not a lot
2: of like uh, gym cardio that like can compare to like ring cardio. I would say like like flipping tires is probably close. But then mm-hmm. like you know, where you got to take a bump and there somewhere too. Yeah, flip
1: three <laughs> tires and then take a bump. Right.
3: <laughs>
0: take right. Man. So, what, what's next for the Stoner Brothers?
1: Um, we're trying to just uh, wrestle and have fun. Good matches. We so, I just want to have good matches with people. There's a lot of tag teams out there that we haven't wrestled that are supposedly really good that we'd like to wrestle. Um, that should want to wrestle us because we're really good. Toot toot.
2: Yeah, man, we just like doing things that are fun for us these days, man, and like uh, uh, tagging with Anton, uh, doing six mans and uh, stuff like that is fun these days because, like, we're innovative. We get to come up with cool maneuvers and show off our our talents. Yeah, we
1: just had a really good match at uh, Puppet Wars in San Ramon on Saturday against uh, the conglomerate. It was Midas, Creed. Uh, Alpha Zo and D Rogue. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that was. It was fun. It was good.
0: That was what I was going to ask you. You you said there are some tag teams out there that you want to wrestle. Who is it that you're you haven't been able to wrestle yet? Yeah,
2: who is? I don't know. Who thinks they're good? <laughs> who thinks they're good? Okay, <laughs> good. I'm sure. You're like, um, we want to we want to test people's uh, team? tag team. Oliver, Jordan Oliver, Jordan and, Oliver, and Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne? They think they're good. That's a team?
1: Yeah, they're a team, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these, like, you know, makeshift indie tag teams that are having, like, a six-month, one-year good run as a tag team. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you think you're a good tag team. Step it up.
0: Did you guys ever get a chance, I'm sure you have, to work um, AlphaZo and DJ, DJ Fresh, uh, the, the two Fresh?
1: Yeah, we've worked on a bunch.
0: Yeah, I I think they're I mean they're they're one of those tag teams that are real good. I mean, what do you guys think about them?
2: No, they're great. They're they're they have the they have the charisma, it factor. So like even if they're even if, you know, they go out there and just do their entrance, they don't even have to wrestle.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. A lot, of, a lot of teams are worried about what they're going to do like in the ring move-wise and and these guys are more entertain or you know, more worried about entertaining people.
2: Right. Which, that's our job. That's, yeah. that's what we're there for, you know? Yeah.
1: Sure, right. do cool moves, too. But, like, you know, do a cool move, entertain someone. Do a cool move, entertain someone.
2: Yeah, the right. worst thing in, like, going to a show and being against a random tag team, uh, our, the thing we hate the most is, like, we ask them, what do you guys do? And then half the time, it's nothing. Mm. We do a clothesline. We, we do a body we slam. We do punches and kicks. It's just like what—that's what you're bringing
1: to the table. Hey, what are we supposed to do with that? We're just going to make you look like shit now. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Who would you say is the best? Uh, kind of like your 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 best foes, your best tag team you would wrestle. I mean,
2: it, anytime we get to wrestle uh, Sheik and Anton as the caution is mm-hmm. always good. Um, Choope Hayashi. Anytime we get in there with those guys, it's really good. We just uh, turned uh, heel at a Hood Slam and uh, formed the group with uh, James C. Mike Rain. Mm. So, we're going to do some six-mans with us and Mike coming up. It's going to be really fun.
0: Nice. What about the scum? You guys kind of all came up at the same time.
1: Yeah, we've had some awesome matches with them. Um, and they don't wrestle too much anymore, right?
0: No, Luster goes out and he wrestles now and then. He'll come yeah, out. And- we,
1: see, we see Luster at a few shows here
2: and there.
0: Yeah, but uh, Adam doesn't really get out much. You know, I just.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, just. Kind they both
2: of- got families and kids now, too. So. Yeah. Understandable.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember you guys having a, a real fun one in Tahoe. Um, it was like that, that signing they had where they had like a thousand people signed out there and then you guys ended up working the scum at like harrah's or something like that and just went all over the building just beating each other up and just a lot of fun so
1: we've had fun ones with them definitely yeah
0: so um let me let me ask you you know we're 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 winding down and i I ask some questions of people um every time and i want to ask you these questions uh what would you say is your biggest success in
2: life? Biggest success?
0: Yeah.
2: Probably that's for me. I would say just starting our school and um, creating great local wrestling talent, and you know, getting you know Manny and Shotzi up there to the WWE. That's definitely probably our big, my biggest accomplishment.
1: Or, or like. Um, being part of uh, a, being part of uh, a, a revolution, a revolution kind of that put fucking NorCal back on the map, where
0: mm-hmm. they get
1: fucking fans at wrestling shows. Like between, you know, I feel like Hood Slam is so much a huge part of that. And yeah, because
2: like everything, there was always like you know, uh, 50, 50 cap fucking crowds, and
1: I mean, you would you would get a good crowd, but like, you know, it, it wouldn't be more more than like four hundred people.
0: Right. No, no, you're right, and that was the thing, right? Like when I came out, there were guys who were getting mad at me, you know, who had been doing it for a long time because I could draw three or even four hundred, right? Like that mm-hmm. was a huge show.
2: Yeah, I was big back then for sure.
0: Yeah, and so you know, you get three hundred people at a show. People start talking, and then the other mainstays, you know, won't name any names, but you know, they were mad if you, because they couldn't draw a hundred. But yeah. now, Hood Slam, I mean, you can't really. I I, I kind of got out of of regular shows before Hood Slam became really huge. Like you guys were getting big, um, and people were kind of talking trash about it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I kind of stopped running shows, but I remember coming to a show that had a thousand people there. And, you know, now you can't, I mean, it seems like a hundred is a light show for most places. And there's always a few people who have a Hood Slam shirt or a Stoner Brothers shirt or a Caution shirt or a <laughs> who knows you guys from Hood Slam. You know what I mean? And a rising tide yeah. raises, raises all ships, you know? Yeah.
1: I'm. I'm. It's. It's really tight to be part of like, the crew that brought this area, area back to life. Cause, <clears throat> dude, for like, Nugs would tell us stories, and and you know, for our first like ten years of doing shows, idea, we, we wouldn't do shows that had more than like you know, hundred people. So if we got a show with like two hundred people, that would be fucking. That would be such a huge thing to all of us. Like right. everybody though, really like no nobody had big crowds
0: right and now so. and now like like you said i mean you can expect 2 or 300 on an average day mm-hmm. you know it's only, at some there's still those guys out there that're only going to draw 50 people you know yeah. what i mean but most of the time i mean spw just ran a, their anniversary show and it looked huge i mean i don't know how many people were there but it was definitely bigger you know yeah. than, than what they used to do and that and i do think that hood slam has something to do with that you know and also the there's just kind of the there's also i think a, a kind of a revolution in just indie wrestling in general now yeah.
1: where um, but just but just like uh I, I feel like hood slam made wrestling fun again as opposed to just being you know boring guy in black tights versus guy in blue tights Nothing against those, you know, the guys in black and blue tights, but, like, uh, you know, the fuck the fans thing is, like, that's just to let people know, like, you're in on this with us. Like, let's go for the ride. And I feel like every Hood Slam we get, like, maybe 25% of our crowd is people that know and watch wrestling, and the other is just people that want to have fun. Right, and and that's trickled out to other indie shows too. It's like there's a lot of non wrestling fans going to wrestling shows because they've right. heard about it from
0: somewhere. Right. I used to tell when I was selling uh, fair shows, um, I, I would go to the fair, and the selling point would be you you could you know yeah you can set up a stage and people will walk by, but if you set up a wrestling ring, people stop and wonder what's going on. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that Hood Slam is kind of like that. It's a party with a wrestling ring in it. You know what yep. I mean? And, and there's wrestling going on. And and you're right. It has is, it is turned people into wrestling fans that are following you, you guys. Like you guys are bona fide stars, you know, in the area. And so um, is Hood Slam going to still – I mean, I know this you've done – we're doing a show – I don't know if you are or you have done one in Reno recently. Um, and then – Last you know, week, yeah. Yeah, how did that one do?
1: Um, I mean, the, there wasn't hell of people there, but it was okay. It, it could have been a lot better, but I mean, for our first show back in Reno, I feel like the Reno Vegas cities are fucking hard, man, because there's just yeah. so much entertainment in those cities already.
0: Reno is a tough one, man. Like i i did a, um, uh, I did a tour with the Lucha Libre USA used my ring for like a five show run and it went from reno to stockton to san jose to a couple other places and by by and large reno was the smallest show oh yeah um,
1: yeah i'm sure
0: yeah i mean it just there's just nobody there you know
1: yeah, it, yeah it's, it's time hard time to time. get to from other places also you got to go up that mountain and around
2: it yeah. yeah it's like we have a following but like our fans don't want to travel three hours to go fucking watch it you know Right. Some, some will. Some but, will, but
0: yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: And it's well, hard to
2: promote those places you don't live in either.
0: Right. Right. So, okay. The next uh, question I have is what would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it?
1: Hmm. Failure. Uh, my biggest failure is uh, trusting green, green green wrestlers too much. And it's probably my fault for, like, uh, just, I don't know, being too giving. Expecting they know because they don't. And expecting, yeah, that that they're good because they're, you know, in a match scenario already. Um, Because I I tore both my biceps, like, two years apart from each other. And it was both from just trusting green people and I shouldn't have. So, yeah, I, I learned that was, I learned my lesson. That was my biggest fail in, in wrestling.
0: Mm. You know, on that topic, let me ask you because, I mean, yeah, I wrestled, uh, I wrestled for about a year when I was 18, but I wasn't fully trained and I probably shouldn't have been out there. You know, I was just out there because I was a big guy. And when you're big, you don't have to do much. You know, yeah. you throw people around. But as a green wrestler, like what is some advice you would give someone who's green and trying to make it in the business?
1: ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions
2: yeah. don't be afraid to yeah. say no that's a big one for a, sure be a sponge man sit there and just listen you know um pe- people talk too much these days yeah, there's I... there's a lot of new up and comers that are just like
1: chatty cathys love to talk about themselves or uh
2: you know their work or I myself will just sit in a circle of like wrestlers and just, I'll just listen to everybody and mm. in my head. I'm like, Oh my God, these guys talk way too much. What the fuck is going on?
3: Mm.
2: And then, I don't know, but just, just be a sponge and like le- learn off that learning tree, as many learning trees as possible. Yeah. Like never stop learning. I'm, I, am I we're, we still learn all the time when we're teaching kids stuff, you know,
3: mm.
2: <clears throat> 't be, be
1: a, like it's okay to be a self mark but like don't be a self mark in front of people just right. like I don't know you Me and Derek rarely it. talk about ourselves to even our students, so it's like uh, as we're talking about ourselves on a podcast, but like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's uh being being humble just having a, a good attitude man being humble.
0: You know, I got to say, if I'm going to put someone over. I, I did a show recently. I did a, one of Derevko's uh, uh, ACW shows. And he's he's drawn pretty well here in Sacramento. I mean, he's filling that building. It's a small building, but he's filling it every time. Um, but uh, this last show he had, um, he uh, um, uh, Doc Atrocity was there. Um, and, you know, I don't, I've had limited interactions with with Doc um, we had some interactions on Facebook a long while ago and I don't think he really, you know, he's highly opinionated and so am I. So, and we don't agree on a lot. So I don't think we were, you know, on the best of terms, but man, like, you know, it was like my, probably my third, third match, you know, and I'm working Flacco, who's been around forever, you know? Yeah. And, um, and Johnny Butabi, uh, pulls Doc aside and just, he was such a wealth of knowledge. You know what I mean? And just was like, let me tell you some things and give you some pointers. And they really helped, like, just with my entrance and things like that and how I should carry myself as I was walking out. And he was so giving. And so what you're saying is really ringing true for me because I'm kind of like that. Like, I go in there and I just have so much respect for all you guys. I'm sitting here and I'm like, what you know, what am I going to add as a 42-year-old guy with three matches? You know what I mean? I'm just going to do what anybody asks Mm -hmm. and uh, do what they want. But it was just so cool to think that Daku – who doesn't really have any, I don't know, uh, he doesn't have any reason to give me anything was so willing to give me knowledge, you know, and and help me. And I just think that's so cool when, when guys who've been around for a long time are willing to do that. And Flacco too. I mean, Flacco put, you know, basically put a whole match together for us that worked out really well and, and was just so giving, you know, considering. And so, um, um, but yeah, so as far as you know, other other than that, is anything else you would say to a green guy that, that he should he should uh, learn from a wrestling from, from the wrestling uh, people from before him?
1: Don't be afraid to ask ask for critiques, and then also like take your critiques with with with, uh, with pride. Don't be a little bitch about it because mm. everyone is gonna fucking try to tear you apart. When you first start and uh if you got like you know if you don't have thick skin you're it's really gonna hurt your fucking feelings but like
2: you know sometimes you need to hear that yeah
0: well that's how you get better though right i mean yeah. you get better by learning I, I sometimes tell my kids like when they play basketball or whatever i go okay so do you want me to give you the like the dad answer or do you want me to tell you what really happened <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. you know, and I was like, I, I could sit here and tell you all the good things you did good. That's not going to help you. Let me tell you what you did wrong so you can okay. correct better, you know? Yep. So, um, and then finally, the last question I ask everybody is, you know, at some we hope it's really far down the road, but someday, you know, you're going to pass away and there's going to be a funeral and there's going to be a eulogy. Uh, what would you want the one thing to be? that someone says at your eulogy about you
2: just how caring and giving we are
0: yeah what do you think dustin
1: uh yeah just that it'd be yeah i i would just want to be acknowledged for how much uh, we put into this just because I don't know, like we started when we were kids and now we're fucking, you know, total adults now that we're 40. <laughs> so um, we've put a lot of years into this man and we fuck, four or five days a week, do it still and just give back all the time. Because we love it, and I don't know. I lo- I love wrestling, so I can't
2: see. Yep. Also, you know, don't judge a book but its cover. Like we look mean and intimidating, but we're the nicest guys in the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, just because we smoke pot doesn't mean we're we're not cool.
1: I'm <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> no, you know that's the thing that that's the thing that I would. I there's there's a few people like I when I was doing SWF. I pretty much ran the same crew every time because there were guys I knew one they were entertaining. I could trust and I liked, you know what I mean? And you guys were like that. I always appreciated. I, I appreciated the fact that you guys were always so honest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, even if it wasn't necessarily something I wanted to hear or liked to hear, uh, you guys were so honest about it. And then also would tell me things that would help me improve my product you know what i mean um and that was actually really i was really appreciative of that in fact it was really funny i don't uh, you know i don't know if you'd like me telling the story but <clears throat> but i remember um before uh, there was I don't, I, you know i i take back that i had you on every show i think i booked you on a show and once i booked you on the show um i uh i booked you every show after that but I did one show at the colonial theater and I had the scum on the show and I remember, you know, they were just being, they were just being, they weren't being like Luster and I had a hard, a hard relationship until that impact stuff. And then, and then he was, we, we really kind of bonded and we became friends. Like I consider him a friend now, but we had a rough go at the beginning. And I remember him and Adam came in and they worked a show and, they didn't like their payouts or whatever. And it was the payouts we'd agreed to. So I, you know, I was, you know, they were doing stuff like we want our own locker room and we want all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, you're, you're not a Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Like that kind of yeah. thing. And so I remember him saying uh, they wanted some obscene amount of money, like obscene amount of money. And my question to them was, cause I had, I had booked you at, since then. And I felt like, not only did I get the same amount of entertainment from you guys, I got a little bit more and you were, you were less of a headache. You know what I mean? Like you guys just, you came in, you did what you wanted. You you said what you wanted. I I gave you what you wanted. You were happy. When's the next booking? Like it was just, it was a pleasant experience. And yeah. I remember telling him, I was like, guys, like, I don't understand this. Like, why would I do that, you know? I could, I could tell me why I should pay you that, you know, like pay like that when I can get the same match, you know, with the less headache out of the Commandos. Boy, did he not like that? And I just remember saying to him, I'd be like, "They are more entertaining. They are just as good at wrestlers, and they don't give me the headaches you gave me." And he hung up the phone on me. But that's the, that's the truth, right? Is that like. You guys were so much easier to work for, work with. And I would work, I would, I'm telling you right now, anytime I'd run a show, you're on the show, you know, and I'd pay you well because you guys were always show, you guys would always show loyalty to me. And I really appreciated that, you know?
1: Oh yeah, man. Yeah. There, <laughs> that that must've been a time where like, we didn't like each other, us and the scum. There was, there was a, uh, a time and I, and I think it started over like, I don't know professional jealousy at first, and then like they faped Coach Nugs hard one day, and then we really like didn't like that at all. Like, what did what did Nugs do to you? Type mm-hmm. of shit. Like that's our trainer, mm-hmm. and then uh, we eventually squashed it when we got booked against each other and had to had to work, and it's fine. We're we're cool now.
0: Well, and that was the thing, right? I think I I really think what rubbed him the wrong way was that. I mean, at that time, you guys were legitimately the two best tag teams by a long shot in the area, right? It was you and the scum. And I can't think of another tag team that was on your guys' level. Yeah. You know? And I would say that even now, right? Like, even now, 22 years later, you are on a different level than most tag teams. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I, I got a I lot of hope
2: so. <laughs> I would hope so after twenty 20- <laughs>
0: Yeah. But you, but that but it's not you know what I've learned also like just even it, it translates into wrestling, but it also I do I'm a lawyer, right? And it's not about look, there are a lot of crap lawyers out there who've been doing it for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not good at it. Just because they've been around a long time doesn't mean they're good. You guys have been doing it at a higher level for a long time. You know what I mean? And and I just have a lot of respect for that. And I have a respect for the fact that you guys are not – you guys are – you're doing what you love. Like, I, I think it's a – it's a, if you, what you're telling me is true about that WWE tryout, I have so much respect for the fact that you guys decided, you know what, that's not what we want. We want to do this, and we don't care about the money or the fame or any of that. This is what we want to do. I got respect for that. You yeah. So – well, it's been a pleasure. I'm really glad you guys have been on. I, I, I've been wanting to have you on. It's been good. I, I love these podcasts because I get to know a little bit more about guys I've known. Like, this is the, the most in-depth conversation I've ever had with you, and I've known you guys for 15 years.
1: Yeah, right. It's
0: good. So anyhow, um, where's the next place that somebody can see you?
1: Here. Well, it should have been Saturday for the Track 7 VF3 show, but that got postponed. So the next place you're gonna see us is Hood Slam in Oakland on the fifth, and that is gonna be. Uh, it's an outdoor show. It's an outdoor show, so it'll be plenty of seats. Plenty of yeah, <laughs> plenty Slash of no seats. Plenty of standing room. Yeah.
0: All right, is that where is that at?
1: Um, they usually do it on like Bro- Third and Broad, Third and Broadway. I think is what it is. Uh, I'm not totally sure. Mm-hmm. But you can go to birdswillfall.com, the Hood Slam website, or you could just look up Hood Slam on any social media and see the flyer for the next show.
0: And is that going to be a Cinco de Mayo-themed show?
2: Uh, I don't think so, no. No, no.
1: <laughs> no uh, we usually we usually do those, too. We do just, uh, what, drinko de Mayo? Yeah, a couple
2: of those. Yeah, we have. Nice. But we're no. doing a lot of group stuff now at Hood Slam because uh, we just had a. Yeah, uh, these characters from a different uh,
1: dimension came and killed like four Hood Slam Hood Slammers, and uh, so now we're all like, we're at war. We're at war. So we're we're trying to find our people to squad trust up and squad up with, so we could. Uh, Take these fuckers out. Battle of the world.
0: Ah, well, that sounds serious. It sounds like someone should check that out. So yeah. Well, good. Well, well, uh, Dustin, Derek, it's been a pleasure. Check out the Stoner Brothers on social media. Hang out to the Elder If you made it this far into the podcast, the Edlo Podcast, subscribe YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Um, you know, appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we still got a lot of stuff coming up. So keep following. Um, Lots of different topics, lots of of different things. I'm sure we'll have other hood slammers on eventually as well. So thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you
3: coming on.
1: Cool, man. Take it easy. Thanks for having us. If you ever bring, you know, podcasts with Willie Nelson, (laughs) we want to do a call in. (laughs)
3: Got it. We'll make that happen. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, bud.